Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're doing well. Right now, um, we're right in the middle of the Confronting Christmas series going live. I put part two up this morning, and I'm very pleased that part one saw some activity. I'm very excited about that, especially just again from the from the position, from the posture of just presenting a different view than what is normal, what is just accepted, accepted but never really questioned. I'm, ch- I'm just telling you, friends, someone has got to ask some questions. Someone has got to come into the atmosphere of this world in this age and say, friends, it's got to be on earth as it is in heaven. It's got to be on earth as it is in heaven now. It's got to. We have to make our trajectory towards that end. And the thing is, I think people have forgotten that 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 in Christ Jesus, in the power, in the name, we can do that. We have been given not just the right, we've been given the privilege and the supernatural power to bring it about. Friend, I hope you know that. I hope you know if you consider yourself a regenerated Christ man who no longer lives, well, what do you live unto then? We are not just called to die to ourselves, surrender and abandon our wills just to sit back and wait for the next. And friends, let me just talk about this for just a second. This isn't where I intend to go today. I'm driving. Um, and so I can't, I can't read some texts that I, that I wish I could. But again, I just feel compelled to, to share a few things But what, what is it we're doing? What is it we are deliberately doing to give the Lord, the? let's just make this as, as elementary and black and white as I know how. Are we giving God something to work with? Are we giving Him something to work with? Or are we just sitting, waiting? God, if you want me to do something, you'll bring it my way. If you want me to do this, do that, go here, go there, then Lord, I will not be a works man. I won't be bound by that religious spirit. Friends, this keeps so much of the body of Christ completely stationary, unmovable. And the tough part is it looks like, it sounds like, a surrendered life. Well, it's not about me. The age-old, move me out of the way, God. Just move me out of the way. Do what you want to do. Well, here's the reality. And I've shared about this before. I remember a specific gathering in our fellowship here years ago. When I said that one morning, it may have been a men's prayer time, I don't remember, Exactly, but I remember the situation as far as what happened. I was praying that, 
Lord, just move me out of the way. God, accomplish your purposes. Don't let me hinder your work. Now, I understand completely the, the right mindset of that phrase. But that morning, the Lord really convicted me. And I really, for whatever reason, that stuck with me. A lot of things the Lord reveals to me in, in honesty, I just become forgetful. And it may have to come around two, three times for me to like, okay, got it. And maybe even then I, I, I would not get it the way the Lord had intended. But with this, this really stuck with me. And I have really taken that with me um, into the present um, and how I see myself. Now, this really culminated in the, in the series that I did months ago of the what is man reality of rediscovering the purpose of all of humanity as we were created to be the people of God and reclaiming what's been abandoned and lost and forsaken. That we have just sat down in deception, completely synonymous with the fall in the Garden of Eden. We have abandoned what was already ours. Our position, our function, our purpose was to what? be natural bodies of flesh and blood on a natural earth indwelt by God. Perfect interaction, perfect relationship, of course void of sin and shame and hiding that became the result of the sin and the shame. No separation. And so as I have reassessed that old understanding of, Lord, just move me out of the way, I began, again, maybe three, four years ago, to say, you know what, Lord? I don't want to get out of the way because I don't believe that's your pattern. I don't believe that's your way. I believe that the, the best way is to, in rightful humility, say, Lord, I am your vessel. I am your instrument. I am your vehicle to do whatever you desire to do on this earth today. Wherever I put my feet, as I've been saying for the last three months, wherever I place my feet, it's holy ground. It's holy ground. I am the ark, the tabernacle of God. He has tabernacled with me by indwelling me with his awesome, eternal, immeasurable spirit that I do not deserve to even be in the vicinity of which is the awesome work of the blood of the Messiah, the perfect slain lamb reality. His righteousness becomes mine. And so I think there's a rightful understanding of properly taking our place as a mere vessel, but as a vessel. <laughs> a vessel of, of Yahweh, the, the vessel of honor, privilege that we have been invited invited into becoming. So Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, in and through me. Through me. Like I literally believe that I can affect, I can affect something in this earth today. Seen and unseen both. I could meet natural needs all day long. We could give somebody a meal. We could give someone a coat. All these things we can do and need to do and are necessary, absolutely, amen. But I can also change things in the unseen places, in spiritual places, in high places. 
doing what? Tearing down strongholds, building up and erecting the awesome preeminent throne of the king upon a natural earth. Declaring to all principalities and powers by the words of my very mouth. I was reading this morning about Isaiah and the angel touching his mouth with the burning coals. Oh man, what, a, what imagery. What, what imagery that is for us, friends. The power of our mouths. The power, the rightful power now of declaration. Not a self-advancing power to name whatever we want and get it, but a power to literally change something in a natural earth, albeit in unseen places. That's what we've been invited into. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I believe that if, if, if the lost world, if the unbelieving nation that we live within, if they knew, I would like to think in faith that if they knew about this, they would be more interested. And friends, that's why we have to wake up from our slumber and tell the nations. We must tell humanity of the true reality of who Yahweh God is. We must reclaim what has been lost and forsaken. If, you've, if you follow our Facebook at all, um, I've been posting a few of our, what I just called whiteboard teachings. In our house, we've We've started not too long ago some times every morning of just whatever kind of comes to me in my prayer time before everybody gets up and I just will write some text or a thought or something on the board. It's usually always, of course, verse, uh, coming out of a verse because um, I'm trying to train my eight-year-old son like to elevate the, the Word of God to its proper place that it's like, <laughs> that it's necessary for our days, every day. And so this morning, it was, um, it was in Proverbs 22, I believe. And it said, don't move the ancient boundaries that your, that your fathers established, built, erected. And that, that word is olam. And it talks about a set, perpetual, eternal, covered reality. The boundary. Something was built, my friends. <laughs> Something was well established by those saints of the faith who went before us. There was something concrete set for us to remain in. But the problem is it's been so far abandoned by the time it's made it to my generation, for sure, there's, there's almost no sign of it. Well, where is it? I see a whole lot of traditions of men. There is surely no shortage of that, and of course there never has been. But the further we get away from the origination of what the fathers established in the Olam, the further away we get from knowing the covered, hidden, secret things we could say of God. They've been abandoned, they've been forsaken, and they've been, as with anything now, as with anything, generation to generation to generation, for every generation that loses incrementally the truth, 
the teachings of Yahweh God, it begins to be more and more minimalized. As with each passing generation, there's less and less of the Olam. Where is it gone? <sighs> but here's the thing. Here's the hope for us. We who have been regenerated, the John 3 reality, born again, born of the Spirit, born of the water, we have entered the kingdom and we have become ambassadors of this kingdom. Why? Because it's now our dwelling. It's now the place I would like to say in light of the scripture I just read from Proverbs, it, that boundary surrounds this mystery. It's a concealed thing. It's not for everyone. Another thing we talked about this morning, just beginning to barely talk about with my son, he had some questions this morning about communion. And, and the Lord's beginning to gently move us into what something he's going to teach us, I would say, about that. The rightful view of it and way to walk it out in our family and with other believers. And so my wife was talking to him first about just the Last Supper reality. The body, the blood. Well, who was at the table? Was this a table set out for the entire community? Believers, non-believers, righteous and evil? You know, like we have to really be careful with what we say about the, the broad net of God being cast upon every man. Now, of course, as I always say, the invitation is such. We see that in the parables. I talked about that a couple weeks back as I continue to just rehash over and over and over again the, the parable of the wedding feast and the need of the garment to be clothed in the righteousness of the Son. The, the primary requirement to be at the master's table. And so I would like to say that the garment, the, the garment principle is within the sacrament understanding. It's an inner circle, if you will, of disciples of the Messiah. Some, there is something in the Proverbs 22 reality of like, there is something ancient, there's something eternal, there's something guarded and hidden and concealed that, and this is my point, that I'm excited about, I'm thoroughly convinced the Lord is revealing in this hour to anyone who's listening. Now, there are a lot of people listening, and there, are, there is also an alarming amount of people who are not. Uh-uh, don't you start talking like that. Because it's become so foreign, because, because it has become such a mysterious, unknown thought, doctrine, teaching, truth, understanding, people don't even think it's real. They don't even think it's godly. Isn't that weird? I find that so interesting that we're so far, I'm finding personally, we're so far removed from the original truth that the truth, as it really is, seems wrong 
in this age. That's a mouthful right there. We've gotten so disconnected from the foundational truth of the, of the origin of God's people and how God established a literal nation for himself. Why? I love to talk about this. I know I do all the time. The rebellion, the rebellion, the mixing. Rebellion, mixing, rebellion, mixing, forgetting, forgetting. God washes his hands of mankind throughout all of Old Testament history now because men forsake his ways. They become mixed. The flood, the Tower of Babel, the Garden of Eden, and God finally just says, you know what, I'm done. I'm done. I am creating for myself a people out of this one man right here. I'm picking him out. I am revealing myself to him and I'm starting again to form and fashion a people for myself, a set-apart nation. And of course, if you listen to this podcast with any regularity, that part specifically has become very revelational to me this calendar year. It's starting to rain as I drive, so I'm sorry if it's getting a lot of background noise kind of wet here in the studio this morning. (laughs) And so because it's been so far forsaken, now when when you present what is actually the origin of the entire faith, no, that's that's crazy talk. What are you talking about the name of Yahweh? His name's not Yeshua, his name's Jesus. We talking about law commandments, ordinances, statutes. No, I'm not in that, brother. I'm in Jesus. Friends, we've, we've, we we're so far away from what God originated on the earth for his people, we have in ignorance just said, well, Jesus fulfilled everything, so now it's literally a spiritual free-for-all. Grace, grace, grace. We don't do anything. Friends, can we not look at this culture today and realize that this nation, let's just say this nation alone, which is quite small, you know, there is a world beyond the United States. I think people in the church need reminded of that, more so than an envelope to go to missions um, at Christmas time. There is a world that needs to know there's something beyond what has been extended to them thus far, which is just American church or the finished work reality. Well, Jesus did everything. He paid it all. He fulfilled it all. He created and instituted a new covenant. He's the new and living way. Yes, 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 and yes on all of those points. Yes. But friends, he never came and said, you know what, forget every single thing you've ever heard or read in the Torah. Just forget it. Just burn it. But see, what we've done in our ignorance is, I would say, in my ignorance, okay, and, and men I've been alongside off and on throughout my whole life, well, if you even look back into anything that we would call ancient, we say, well... If I did that, I would be just like 
the Pharisees. I would be just like the teachers of the law who denied the Messiah. And I'm not going to be like them, so it needs to all go. It needs to just be gone. Now listen, I'm no Old Testament scholar at all. I know so, so, so little. I'm not qualified to defend a position. All I'm saying about is all I'm saying about this specific, specifically is for the last year plus God himself by no interest of our own has been as I always say like the the staff of the shepherd has been directing us towards something ancient, something eternal. That friends, let me tell you it is by it is in no way disconnected from the now. It is in no way, well, brother, that's just going to keep you under bondage and that's just going to keep you in the past. Oh my gosh, no. No way. No way, no way. I could I could just man, I could spend the next hour defending that position experientially, firsthand. Why? I believe it's a hidden treasure. I believe it's a concealed matter that we have been instructed, don't you forsake this. Don't you forget it. Don't forget. Don't forget. Okay. I'm not going to forget. Lord, what is it you're saying? What is it that's been concealed that you desire to bring out? The ways that were established by those who went before us. Friends, we think we know better. I'm just going to say it. The modern day church, she thinks she knows better than the Hebrews 11 saints. She thinks she knows better. Well, we're modern. We are progressive. We're relevant. But friends, again, I always come back to this point and I need to bring this to a close. And admittedly, I've been all over in this one. Is it working? Is it working? Have we won over the generations? Are we becoming more holy? Are we becoming more set apart? Are we becoming people who can lift holy hands, sanctified, consecrated, distinct? Or is the church looking more and more and more and more just like the world? There is no one there's no one, no how that can convince me we're becoming more godly, more set apart. Now there is a remnant of people I'm finding that do exist that are doing this. Which like, I, you don't even get me started on that. Friends, we've got to move. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this where I started it. If this goes past 30 minutes, I apologize. I try to keep it under 30 minutes. Friends, God is not going to bring the kingdom to your doorstep. He's not going to bring it to your house and drop it off like a, like a FedEx package for you. Friends, you've got to move. You've got to do something. This doctrine, that doctrine, well, God, just teach me. Where are you at with that, brother? I don't know. Seeking the Lord. Well, how are we seeking Him? Are we giving Him anything to work with? 
Are we moving? We're so, I'm telling you, we're so afraid of offending God and doing something wrong, we're doing very little. We have been in our home positioning ourselves to knock on doors, hypothetically speaking. And friends, I'm telling you firsthand, I'm finding the ways of the Lord. I'm finding the ways of the Lord by moving, by, by going to people's homes and saying, brother, can I sit with you? My wife met you at the grocery store. She told me she thinks you're hurting. I know the healer. Can I sit with you? Moving. Well, there's this fellowship. We've been praying about like what to do right now in this, this tiny segment of our life. God, I know I'm supposed to be with the people. I know it. I'm not going to die spiritually. We're not going to just fall away. If it's just the three of us in my house, we're going to learn. We're going to teach. We're going to train and be trained. We're going to sit under your, your hand, great teacher. But Lord, I want the greater expression of your body and your kingdom. I want to share in that. I want to be taught and trained too. Lord, send us to a people. So we did that. And we found some people. Why? Because we moved. Because we got up out of our house and we drove our car and we went to see. I'm knocking on my steering wheel. Is anybody home? I want the kingdom. Is there anybody in there? Is there anybody else saying on earth as it is in heaven in here and looking for the ancient ways to be established again for the people of Yahweh God on the earth? I found some people that it looks like that's true. I could give you other examples, friend, of just, you know what? I'm just tired of waiting. Now, I'm not impatient now, and I'm not forcing the hand of the Lord. That's people's first defense as well. If it originates in you, brother, then it's just going to be all your works. That's the spirit of religion. Oh, my gosh. We're so crippled. We're handicapped. We're fearful. I want to give God something to work with, and it starts with what? Presenting him myself. Presenting him, my family. Lord, we're here. We're looking. We're listening. I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. When I go out, I'm like, I'm looking for anything different. I think I shared it on this on a recording not too long ago. When I was at that restaurant, I saw a man sitting at a booth by himself reading the word. I paid my bill and I went right back to his table and I sat down. I said, brother, tell me what you're doing. What's your story? Why are you doing that? Well, why would I do that? I'm no religious fanatic. I want to fellowship with the people of God on the earth. I want to stir a brother up and say, yeah, do that and do more. And if you're not doing anything, do something. And if you're doing more than me, teach me and help me and Spur me on, friend. 
We have to move. We have to move and do something. Our present approach is not working. It's not worked. I've been in church my whole life. It doesn't work. Hey, brother, I'm just like you. I just love Jesus. Come on. We need a testimony. All right, I gotta, I've got to be quiet. So, so, and I'm going to say this and I'll be done. The, the, the gathering we went to this weekend. I, oh, man, what do I even talk about? So I'm writing several notes. And I'm writing at the very end, towards the end of the message, which was quite lengthy, by the way. And I wrote, I've got to look into and study the, um, the overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the, the word of my testimony. The Lord brought that to my mind several weeks ago and I had forgotten, so I wrote that out. And that's how the, the man who was speaking ended his message. And y'all, I've talked about this before, I know. But y'all, we, if we are banking on every single thing on the blood of the Lamb. But we have got to recognize Scripture for what it says and listen to what it's saying. That Scripture alone, and we're going to look in this in greater measure, I can tell right now. But there is a twofold power. There's a twofold action. And friends, we've got to restore the power of our testimony. The firsthand experiential encounter, like this is what I always say, like talk to me about your beliefs all day long. Talk to me about your doctrine. Talk to me about your denominational approach. That's fine. But listen, if you can't tell me your encounter, experiential testimony, there's no power. None. And I think we're trying to add doctrines to our life. We're walking in our own limited understanding. And we are not a people of testimony. We don't have a testimony. Most of the church does not have the power of a testimony. So friends, don't just get out of the way. Don't just get out of the way and say, God, do whatever you want to do. He is dependent upon us, friend. He has made it by his pattern to be dependent upon flesh and blood Christ's men to carry out his purposes, his will, his way on a natural earth. So let's do that. Let's do that. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to find people doing that. My family will do that. My son will do that. I have faith to believe that that's what's for us in days ahead. Amen.